Hey everybody, this is Sam, that girl with the curls, bringing you another amazing episode of the podcast, if I do say so myself, and to do um, an update on the sickness report. I am recovered for the most part, but my voice is still a little, I don't know, it's it's still a little off to me. It's, uh, you know, again, you might think a different thing, but in terms of the person who's been using it the most for these past some 32 years. Uh, it still sounds not like completely myself, but I'm on the mend. Yay! Finally! Uh, and just in time to bring you this wonderful episode, uh, which is Graham Elwood. Uh, he's a comedian, uh, also the host of uh, Comedy Film Nerds, along with Chris Mancini, which is a podcast I listen to, and I've been wanting to get, uh, you know, I'm trying to you know, uh, branch out in terms of the guests that I get on the show. So, uh, Graham was uh, kind enough to spare some, some of his time, uh, to talk about not only comedy film nerds, but, uh, the documentary that they will be distributing within the, the next year or so, uh, earbuds. Uh, we also talked about, uh, Batman versus Superman because, you know, that's just going to happen from time to time with certain people. Um, and Graham is very well known for his opinions on Batman and Batman related, uh, properties. So it, I figured he and I were going to get along swimmingly on this one. Uh, we also talk a, a, a bit about, uh, Graham's time in Afghanistan when he was touring, uh, with somewhat with the USO, uh, basically just, um, supporting the troops and entertaining them as best he can. And, and, uh, it goes into a, a, a I wasn't expecting it to go as where it did with uh, him talking about PTSD and, um, uh, basically, uh, doing comedy for soldiers, um, in an environment where you would think that it's just, you know, it's really hard to do comedy, but, um, it's really interesting and, uh, I hope you'll get something out of it too. And, uh, I'm glad that Graham could share that, uh, those stories, uh, with, with me and with, with you, uh, ostensibly. So, uh, yeah, um, he was a blast to talk to. He's, he's always, he's, he's on and I love that because I like kind of, I'm, I'm kind of on myself every once in a while if you can't tell from, uh, repeated listenings. But anyway, uh, Graham was great. Uh, I would love to have him back on with more time to just kind of spend talking about stuff. He's, you should also listen to, uh, Doug Loves Movies when he's a guest star as well as the Todd Glass show. Graham's great. Uh, so I, obviously I liked it a lot. Um, so yeah, here we go. Sorry. Sickness, you know, words, whatever. Uh, this is episode 64 with Graham Elwood and, uh, please to enjoy and, and come back for more. I'm good. You can call me Sam, by the way. All right, Sam. You got it. There we go. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way now, so no fancy nicknames from you, sir. <laughs> Which is what I always run into, so I always have to nip that in the bud. Get it, get it done quickly. 
That's yeah. Good. I didn't do that with my boss, though. She uh, she has come up with a plethora of names for me over the years, so... That's tough. It really is. Because then you feel like an ass if you just, like, take her into the back office and be like, hey, could you just, like, knock that off now? <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be great, thanks. I'm a professional. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm sorry if I sound stuffed up. I'm, a uh, recovering from a cold over the weekend so oh it's okay all right i'm going through my sexy phoebe phase so nice nice (laughs) there we go uh do you have i just wanted to ask before we start do you have any like time constraints like uh like solid 45 hour before you need to go somewhere or uh i i've got maybe 30 to 30 35 40 minutes maybe okay cool yeah just wanted to ask so that i know my limitations here (laughs) Great, thank you. Yeah, no problem. I uh, I had Jackie Cation on here, and uh, I don't I didn't do that with her, and so we were going over an hour almost. She's like, "Hey, when are we gonna stop this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you probably have to go somewhere because you have a job or something." <laughs> so, <laughs> she's great, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but I am already recording, so, um, Graham Elwood, welcome to That Girl with the Curls. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, I've I've been a a really big fan of comedy film nerds for, God, I, I want to say the last uh, five years or so. Have you guys been going that long? It feels like it. Yes, we have. Actually. Okay. Six years. Okay, yeah, because I started listening to you guys when I got my job in Seattle, so it's like, I think it all lines up, it all magically works. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, it's one of my favorite podcasts, you guys are always kind of on my uh, my go-to, even if I need to like re-listen to something, so. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I don't, I'm not as involved in the community aspect of it, because I'm a loner and a mole person, apparently, <laughs> so. Well. Most podcast fans are loners and mole people. Isn't it just kind of? <laughs> um, but yeah, just uh, you and Chris uh, Mancini, uh, you're just, I, I think I align with your guys' opinion of movies a lot more than some other review sites that I go to. So it's like, yeah, what does Graham think of this thing? <laughs> oh no, he doesn't, he doesn't share the same thing. Oh, my worldview is broken. <laughs> <laughs> about doing comedy film it's a very specific show we have very much like a we have very specific type of fan i mean i think i think like like any podcast i mean a a podcast fan is usually someone that listens to a bunch of other shows Mm -hmm. so um we have such a cool range of sort of you know serious hardcore film people to just sort of passive film fans mm-hmm. um but i think that's the thing that sort of that we love about it and, and is is great in terms of interacting with the fans is the uh, everybody wants to talk about a movie that's so true you know, everyone <laughs> wants to talk about why they liked it why they didn't like it they want to know why you didn't like it or why you did like it like everyone wants to go what the you know yeah, it's would, it's like you go on the def, on the defense if someone doesn't like what you like. You're like, okay, I seriously have to explain myself to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have gotten in like long arguments with friends uh, over like a movie or a scene in a movie, and we and we uh, we used to have arguments like in college. You know, we're drinking like three or four beers, and you're like, no, Darth Vader's like this man, and just like. 
<laughs> going at it with each other. So you are our perfect listener. You are yeah. right, you are right in our wheelhouse. It makes perfect sense. Because that's how the whole show started. Was us just always talking and going. Have you watched this fucking thing? What the hell were you thinking? Um, but it, it, the thing I love about it now is it's such a place to vent mm-hmm. and um, like most recently Batman versus I was gonna yeah cause uh, I, I don't did you guys drop an episode today or is that the spoiler up coming up we'll do a spoiler. we're recording uh, our uh, spoiler up tomorrow and we'll probably drop it later in the week we, so tomorrow is Tuesday we always record typically on Tuesday so we'll do a regular episode with David Huntsberger mm-hmm. and then a spoiler up with might just be Chris and I I'm not sure what's coming up <laughs> But, well, uh, if you need a third party, I can totally <laughs> come in. <laughs> my uh, my my buddy uh, and I after so the the day after it was released worldwide, um, and then the next day, like so, he and I recorded like a three hour uh, therapy session, essentially just going through the movie, trying to figure out what the hell happened, and it took us the length of the movie to explain the movie practically. <laughs> It's like, I was, I was funny, I was hanging out with a buddy yesterday, I went surfing with a friend, and he hasn't seen it yet, and I was explaining some things from the movie, and he was like, what? I go, I go, that's the whole movie, I go, there's a dozen of those things. He was just like, wait, why? And I was like, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, see, you're an intelligent person with the ability to think and put one and two together. Like, apparently, not so much the people who wrote this, directed it, produced it, and distributed it. It's honestly, it all has to come down on Zack Snyder because mm-hmm. this, it's the same writers from the Batman trilogy that that Christopher Nolan did. He's an EP on it. Yeah, I like I like Ben Affleck. I mean, I like him as an actor. I love what he's been doing as a director. Oh I mean, yeah, I love, I love these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, not when he's playing, you know, like Jim Ignatowski from Taxi, but like <laughs> I, I like. I like everyone involved. I mean, I'm not the. I don't watch Game of Thrones, but like <laughs> the dude, you know, the Superman guy. Oh, Henry Cavill. Yeah, he wasn't the problem of the last Superman movie. <laughs> Excuse me. He wasn't the problem of the last Superman movie. Mm-hmm. But it's just it. It just it comes down to Zack Snyder, and it's just sort of like you know he did 300. And, and Watchmen and, and Watchmen. I yeah. like Watchmen. Some people mm-hmm. don't, but I like Watchmen. I like Three Hundred. But then after that, it's sort of like it's like then you get into Sucker Punch the territory, and you're like, uh. yeah, 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 it's sort of like <laughs> the Owl movie was okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm biased because I like owls. So, <laughs> but just listen to that sentence. Yeah, the Owl movie was okay. Like, that's the best you could do. Is about the owl, the Owl movie. That no one remembers. I know. <laughs> Just put that on the poster. It was okay. I mean, the owl movie's okay. Sort of shrug. You know? Oh yeah, there'd just be like a picture of some person with like their shoulders up going. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was alright. I didn't fall asleep. Yeah, you know, it's got a nice soundtrack to it at times, and there's some slow motion and some rain. I think I don't know. <laughs> it's near a mall. I like. <laughs> they have really good popcorn, man. The butter's great. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh, they have this seasoning. <laughs> yeah the oh movie you were asking me about a movie right okay um yeah, owls yeah owls owls are great do you guys know things about owls owls are cool 
Did you ever dissect an owl pellet when you were in school? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you know, they can hunt from 200 yards out or whatever they do. <laughs> you know their wings are designed so that you don't hear them coming? That's yeah, an owl. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was a Zack Snyder movie about that, I think. Yeah, okay, alright. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you've just joined that girl with the curls when we're talking about owls. <laughs> Big owl update on Girl with the Curls. There we go. Graham Elwood has some opinions about owls. <laughs> like some little NPR little thing. Oh, yeah. yeah like, Graham, how do you feel about owls? Well, um, I think, Samantha, that if we go back... I'm sorry, I'm talking in my NPR voice. No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get, like... Get really close to the, the microphone, like, today yeah. we're doing this and talking very slowly. Talking slowly. Uh, I think if you look at the origin of owls, mm-hmm. you'll see that they go back to a lot of tribal communities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, oh, we are. I know, right? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think that we, you and I could probably go at a, about Batman versus Superman for a while, so we might have to stay off of it okay. for a bit. All right. Yeah, it's like, don't get me wrong, I could talk about this for hours, but you have somewhere to be eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm actually curious, um, with uh, with you and Chris Mancini starting the podcast, I mean, did it really just, was it just uh, you guys talking about movies and then going, we should just do a podcast, or or was it more, I guess, planned out or something? Well, it was, was, we're one of the few people that we started as a website first. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. So I think it was, you know, Chris Mancini came to me in 2000. God, if you go way back. So 2006, (laughs) I released this DVD called Live from Afghanistan. I did two Afghanistan projects. One was Laughganistan, which was a documentary about me performing over there. But before I released that, I did a DVD, basically just a concert DVD, if you will, of me performing over there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's just my act. It's not a documentary. And I kind of used that to help get some money to finish Afghanistan. So I made that. I just took the footage that I had from Afghanistan of me performing at bases. I put that together. I made this DVD. I, and then I figured out I'm not a tech person at all. Uh-huh. Um, and I figured out in 2006 how I did like on my website, com. I figured out how to put in. I think it was like Yahoo Merchants. Anyway, how to put on an online store, and I started selling these DVDs on my website. Okay. And then after shows. And Chris had was had was just finishing a DVD himself, his Myopic Visions, which is a, co- a compilation of all of his short films. And we, we went to lunch. I hadn't seen him in forever, and we had lunch. And like late 2006, and I told him what I did. He goes, what? He goes, I got a distributor. And I said, yeah, I just did it myself. And he was like, what? <laughs> And you crazy said, motherfucker. <laughs> who did the replica? I go, I just found this company, Disc Makers, and you just give them the info. I just did it all myself. <laughs> and and then I got it on Netflix. Um, Back then, you know, it was, it was, it was all uh, DVDs. Yeah. So you just needed more DVDs. Um, and so a couple months after that, he, came, he called me and he goes, man, I got this idea. And we went and had lunch. He goes, I go, he goes, we both have, we're short, you know, we, we're filmmakers, we have short films, we know other filmmakers, 
why don't we start this website that it's like kind of part uh, Thrillbent, which was Chris Gore's big website, which was sort of a epicenter of film and indie movies, and mm-hmm. it was in part Amazon, and you know we'll have YouTube videos and all. And so we started as a website, and we had com- comedians writing funny movie reviews. Yeah. Um, and so that was, we started working on that in 2007. So 2006, 2007 is when the podcasting sort of started, especially with all the comedians in LA. Which, the, of, uh, of which there is a vast community now of not just comedians, but comedian podcasters. Like the Venn diagram must be full, like right there in the middle somewhere. It's, it's crazy, man. Like, and we were all these comedians were just like, I don't know, I, was just, I heard of this podcast, let's try this, mm-hmm. you know, and so we started being guests on all of these shows Yeah, 2007. We launched the website in 2008. So we started going out in 2008 and being guests on all these shows as sort of the film experts and let's talk about movies and the Oscar picks and stuff like that. And people, I remember Matt Belknap from Never Not Funny was like, why don't you guys... He's like, what do you do? Like, why? Is everyone was like, what are you doing? Why aren't you guys doing a podcast? And I had started, I had a voiceover agent at the time, and I had, was going on the road a lot with um, Doug Benson, mm-hmm. and my voiceover agent showed me how to record voiceover auditions. They said, buy this snowball microphone use GarageBand, here's how you record it, here's how you convert it to an MP3, and just email us the auditions. And I was like, and I was talking to Chris, and I was like, Chris, I know how to do this. <laughs> like, I learned how to do this. And he was like, I get, all right. So we just started late 2009, we just started talking about movies. It's like, it's just the ultimate, you know, DIY uh, podcasting. I mean, that's just how everyone starts, essentially. Yeah. You just kind of you hear about it and then you're like I don't I'm right I guess it's just talking into a microphone and it? <laughs> um, no I've actually found that uh, recording has has made me into like a amateur sound engineer uh-huh. <laughs> it's like I uh, I have a tablet that I record when I go to places like if I do a live recording and it one day it freaked out on me like it said it, it wasn't playing back or anything and I thought I had lost the the it was like an hour and a half conversation I'd had. And it was a really good conversation, and you can't recreate those, you know. Um, I'm sure you guys have run into uh, situations like that where you're like, ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> like, I, think, well, that, I think that's sort of that's the sort of badge of honor you wear as a as a podcaster is mm-hmm. everyone has lost at least one episode. Yeah, <laughs> like, everyone has one where they were just like, oh, I don't know what I did. I didn't save or some tech thing. Yeah. Know? No, and uh, the, I mean the 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 heroic aspect of this story is that I actually found a way to extract the raw data. I was just like messing around because I I use Audacity to oh, record, yes. and and so I just too. what sorry we, we switched over to Audacity uh, after a while, so that's what we use now. It's yeah, it's beautiful, it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> and it was like, do you want to pull the raw data? Like why the fuck not? Okay. And then it was like all sped up. So we sounded like squirrels. And I was, I was so tempted to just release it like that <laughs> because I'm a masochist at heart. Apparently. <laughs> well, it's, it's different. Your fans would find something different. There we go. I was like, I appreciate the, uh, the, the risks you take, Sam, but, uh, I didn't know you were in with Alvin and the chipmunks. So, uh, <laughs> 
But yeah, it was one of those things where it went from, oh no, to, oh my God, yes, in like, you know, three hours or something like that. So and you're just like, I can't take that kind of emotional whiplash anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just the, the amount of depression that can result from losing a recording is just kind of like, uh, you just yeah. never want to feel that ever again. Um, <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned some, uh, your, your time in Afghanistan and, uh, I, I assume that was through the USO, right? Um, yeah, some of them, I did some tours through the USO, some, I think I did one with armed forces entertainment and then some of them were just sort of tours that comedians had set up through the military directly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a comedian by the name of Mike Burton who set up some tours in Afghanistan and then. I went to Iraq three times with a comedian by the name of Scott Kennedy, and he he went over there like he was going once a month. He went oh, wow. he went over like fifty sometimes to Iraq. I mean, it's wow, it was crazy what he did. Um, and, and I apologize if this sounds like a very like um kind of like ho hum question, but like I mean, what was your experience in Afghanistan? Like, what did you what do you feel like you brought back with you afterwards? Uh, aside from PTSD, uh, aside from that, yeah, <laughs> it was, um, no, it was, you know, I'm asked that question a lot. It's not a ho-hum question. It's, it's, I totally understand because I'm one of very few, uh, people who are going to ever set foot in that country. I mean, there's, you know, so it was, I, I like saying it was like one of the more, emotionally physically and emotionally challenging things I've done and then one of the most rewarding things I've ever done Mm -hmm. Um, and because when you go over there it's you know it's an 11 hour 11 and 11 hours I think 10 or 11 to Iraq and 11 and a half to Afghanistan Mm -hmm. and so you you show up you're jet lagged you're totally fried you're and then you're sleeping on cots, you're wearing body armor, you're flying around on helicopters, but you are having these amazing once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and then you're meeting people in the military, you know, like, you're performing in, like, you know, the fitness tent Mm -hmm. in front of, you know, 40 soldiers sitting on chairs, and you know, there's no sound system or something like that. And it's, and yet it's some, one of the most amazing shows you're ever going to do. You know, I did shows on flatbed trucks and in rooms with no sound systems or just like a microphone plugged into one speaker. Mm-hmm. And the shows, the laughter that you get, the way they come up and thank you, you know, they, they, they give you these challenge coins. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm holding one right now. Uh, from this, I think it's a Air Force unit. Um, yeah, they give you patches. Um, you have this intelligence squadron. So they give you these challenge coins, which they put in a handshake, and it's got usually the unit or the division on it and, and the commander and all this other stuff, and they, these are pretty Im- impressive things. That And they... You know, these are something that you could be in the military for 20 years and get maybe one or two of them, mm-hmm. and we would get them almost after every show, and they'd give you a certificate thanking you, and wow. commanding officer thanks you, and, you know, you hear stuff like, you know, when the 
comedy shows come through the bases, the suicide rate drops. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of, it humbles you in a way that you can't even imagine. Like whatever you or anyone listening's view of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan were or are, you know, it was an all-volunteer military. And, you know, there's people, and a lot of times they're young. Mm-hmm young men and women in their early 20s you know and you then uh, the later I started I mean I first went in 04 I went in 04, 06, 07, 08 and 2011 and 2012 it was like you know someday you meet someone who's like you know well I was in high school when 9-11 happened so I joined up and went to basic training when I graduated and you hear a lot of those stories you hear people who were older or, or I'm 28 now and I've been to three deployments and wow. see how difficult it is on the families back home like my family would always freak out I'd be gone just for two weeks and I would always come home and tell them I go imagine if I was deployed for 12 months and let's say I was in the infantry mm-hmm. so my job every day was to lock and load and go outside the wire and go on patrol <laughs> you know uh, yeah so, and you just got to see a I mean, there's just, I have, I, mean, I have a lot of footage, but I just have images in my head. I remember we were doing one of the tours through Afghanistan. We were doing two, we were doing like three shows a day. So you would just fly all over the place and it was pretty crazy. And we're, we're doing a lot after the last show and we're flying back and it's nighttime and you're in a Black Hawk at night flying over Iraq. Mm-hmm. And it's black. And all of a sudden, there's this orange glow, and there's these oil fire. You know, they're burning off some of the oil or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's just this orange glow of fire in the desert. And you're in a helicopter, and you're wearing body armor, and they got guns, and you got a helmet on. I mean, the first tour I ever went on in '04 and I, in Afghanistan, I didn't have a. I didn't even. They didn't even give us helmets. Oh God! <laughs> like. And I remember I joked about that on stage at the UCB and Louis C.K. went on after me and he made some crack like, oh, I hate comics like he didn't have a helmet. Like he thought I was bullshitting just, mm. to, just to embellish it for the story. Do, um, do you find that, I mean, because the, I, I imagine there's only so many people who really do go over there, uh, you know, to, to entertain the troops. I mean, and, and God, God help you for doing it. God bless you for doing it, actually. Both. Yeah. God bless and God help. There you go. It's like, I'm not a religious person all that much anymore, but dear God, I would probably become one again. Um, But, uh, I mean, uh, when you come back over and then, I mean, just with with Louis thinking that you had made it up, like trying to have that ability to relate to people afterwards, I mean, that's got to be like some kind of a mind fuck. It's really hard to relate to people. Um I mean, I guess Louis eventually, I think he did maybe one or maybe two USO tours. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of, I guess, got to relate to it. But uh, that that was the weirdest thing because it, it, it's so bizarre because you're sort of, you don't go through, it's not like you join. And I'm not trying to lessen how, I'm not trying to say it's it easy for the military, but mm-hmm. um, uh, hold on a quick second. Yeah.
sorry about that, but like, so I mean, the military, you're sort of indoctrinated into that culture, and you go through basic training, and, and everyone around you is like, this is a comic, you have no training, and they just sort of pick you up and drop you into this crazy thing for two weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then you, you know, and then you, and then you come home, and you're, and when you come home, it's, it was the craziest thing, because you're gone for two weeks, and part of you feels like, shit, did I even go? Like, it just felt like, bing, bang, and then another part of you feels like you'd come home and go, I felt like I was gone for six months. Yeah. So, and it was hard, because, like, no one could relate to you, um, you, you other than the other comics. Yeah. I actually, to, to go back, I, I, I forgot this, I always forget this, but the first podcast I ever did was called uh, Comedians in Combat. Mm. And it was on this thing called the Now Live Network, which um, was, it was sort of an old school, it was kind of a radio, social media or something. So we would do the show live and you could listen to an article. I don't even know where those shows are. I'd love to listen to them, but I started Is, is it still live? I mean... No way. <laughs> I don't think that network, I don't think that website even exists. Like, <laughs> I would love to know where these sound files are. To the Internet Archive. Yeah, I know. Someone find it. Like, <laughs> Because I um, started this podcast, and each week I would just interview a comic that went over there because that was the thing I realized was I would be out doing shows, and and all of us comics that were going over there, we had all heard of each other. And so you'd run into these comics at a show, and we'd start changing, exchanging stories. And were, those were the only people that truly got it. Mm-hmm. Because... I'd run into military people and they'd go, I mean, that was really cool. And they'd thank you and say, holy shit, that was so amazing. But only another comic that's been over there gets it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no other person that, that gets what that experience is like, what performing over there is like, Yeah, you know, it's just like, I'll never know what it's like to be in the military or be in the infantry or anything like that. Like, so it was, it was, it was a weird, it was a weird thing because there's these, at that time, 04, 06, 07, 08, you know, there's these two wars going on, and um, you kind of come back, and I felt sort of out of it. I was sort of, it was hard to, like, give a give a shit. I don't know if I can swear in your show. No, yeah, go ahead. All, all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, it was really hard to give a shit about show business, to come back and, like, go on an audition for some TV show or something, mm-hmm. when... You know, you you had just shaken like a wounded soldier's hand. You know, a week or two or a month later or whatever. That was the weirdest thing. I, it was hard to it was hard to let go of Afghanistan when I would come back mm-hmm. because America's pretty nice. Yeah, you know, and like you know, these, some of these politicians like, oh, America's a trainer. It's like, I don't know what they're talking about. Like they've never been to a third world country. <laughs> torn one so um you know it's like you come back and and especially la la's really nice and people are making all this money doing all this show business stuff and mm-hmm. you know i live near the beach and it's really beautiful and then i'd be thinking like oh man there's this young soldier that i talked to after a show or this marine at this this like you know i did a base one time in 2006 near the jalal near the pakistan border in jalalabad afghanistan mm-hmm. You know, and you're thinking about some guy you met over there that you talked to after a show and hung out with. <clears throat> you know, there was this female soldier at that base 
who took me and this comic I was with, Shay Matosh, out to the like the edge of the base, and we met these Afghani soldiers, and she we fed these children through barbed wire, and I hung out with her, and then she rotated back, and you know. But at the time, I would come back here and almost feel guilty because I'm like, I know they're over there going through that. Yeah. You know, I remember that female soldier then emailed me, and she's like, one of my bunkmates died, and, like, that's what, she, that's, and you're just like, it, it was hard for me to be like, okay, I'm gonna go audition for this hosting gig, or yeah. this sitcom, or whatever. You're gonna host a game show? Like, be yeah. cheerful all the time. Right. But then on the other side, I felt sort of very grateful for show business, because I saw how much entertainment helped people in that situation mm-hmm. and 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 that's it, it's also very true of like what you and, and chris have been doing you know now or what you, what's going to be coming out soon with earbuds um which uh you guys had a successful uh, kickstarter campaign for it and uh which following you guys on twitter and watching just the oh my god just please let it be over with soon That should be on the cover of the uh, the movie. <laughs> like almost as stressful as going to Afghanistan, Graham Elwood. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah. uh, for the for those who don't know what earbuds is, if you would it, perhaps enlighten them. So, uh, um, Chris Mancini and myself, we run. You know, we do comedy film nerds, and we're both filmmakers. And so, we decided to uh, make a documentary about podcasting because we also uh, Chris, myself, and Dave Anthony. Um, uh, we all created and produced the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. So we're all heavily rooted in the podcast world. Mm-hmm. So we decided to do a documentary um, about podcasting and basically to show the connection between podcasters and fans. And we thought, well, why don't we do it on Kickstarter? Because that's how we funded the first year of the Los Angeles Podfest. Mm-hmm. So we raised $140,000 in 30-some days on Kickstarter to do the movie, and that was two years ago, and that was an awesome experience. Um, And basically, you know, interviewed a bunch of people in Los Angeles and then in Washington, D.C., and Baltimore, and Philly, and New York, and Chicago, and then Australia and Japan. and got all these great interviews from all these people who, you know, uh, I'm sure you know this as a podcaster, you get emails from people saying, you know, your podcast helped me get through this tough time and helped me, you know, I'm battling depression or I had a family member that was sick or suicide or whatever. And you really, really intense stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that... Um, you know, doing, I didn't think anything outside of going in, I, I didn't think any form of entertainment was going to have the equal amount of value that the Warzone shows did. Yeah. And not that they were less than, but just like the Warzone, that's just, you know, that's just way up. It's its own thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's such a unique experience. But then you start getting these emails from all these people saying, you know, you helped me, you got me through this, this, and this, and, and we were like, well, let's make a documentary. Even in the documentary, you know, 
we had some people talk about that, you know, that, that there was this sort of theme of depression from a lot of fans um, and how the podcast got through them because I think, and this is something that, that, that Chris Mancini says in the, in the documentary is, at first it didn't make sense, but now it sort of does because podcasting, you listen to podcasting on your own. You just put earphones in and you, you know, you listen to on your own and, and depression is something you go through alone. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, a lot of, not all, but a lot of podcast fans are people who were like going through something or they're just shy or they're not as outgoing or whatever. And not all, you know, but, but there are some of those people who like, you know, I was sort of a shut in and then, and then, you know, listening to podcasts, I actually felt like I was connecting with people and, it's it's very much a, an an intimate experience with the, with uh, listening to podcasts because uh, I mean it's I, I listen to Pete Holmes as as well and he goes on for you know three hours where he's talking about you know God the universe and everything but it's still it's a very there's an openness to it where you feel like oh okay well I can I can get behind that a little bit and I mean and every podcast has its own thing that it's dealing with and so you can you know whatever mood you're in it's almost like you've got something to kind of tackle that with yeah and i think that's the thing too and that's what we one of the reasons we just wanted to do the documentary was and this comes out in the film is that personal connection because you know if you're you know i've hosted tv shows so but i'm not talking personally on it you know you're not opening up you're not having a one-on-one conversation you know comedy film nerds we're talking about movies but there's just three people sitting around a table talking it's very informal Mm -hmm. you know and 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 personal stuff we've all gone through comes out in these in these movie discussions Mm -hmm. yeah so people feel like wow i feel like i know you yeah and and that's that's kind of a that's a cool connection and i've you know I've done over 300 episodes of TV and I've never had connections like this. I've never had fans feel this way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's a pretty spectacular thing. And that's why we did the documentary and, you know, we're right now it's, we're submitting to all these festivals and waiting to hear back and, and all that. Cool. No, I'm looking forward to when it eventually comes out. Cause, uh, I, I will, that is my jam right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we're, we're getting close to probably about the time you need to be leaving. Um, there, there is one thing I did want to mention to you because I was, I was doing, a little, doing a little research, just kind of like looking on YouTube, and I found the uh, Detective Kent Stryker one-man show. <laughs> and I, I, I swear, I just did not stop laughing through the whole thing. It just, it tickled that part of me that's just going like, remember how much you love like 70s cop shows, Sam? Well, that's, that's so great. I'm so glad to hear that because that's like a character I did a long time ago. We did this short film, you know, Detective Ken Striker, one man film. And then we even sort of renamed it, just calling it Hello Junkie. <laughs> you know, we wrote a feature script for it. Really? We, oh, yeah. We tried to sell it around and do all this stuff. And it, it sort of, it got kind of frustrating and I stopped doing the character. But then... I've had more people tell me like, oh, and so we just, ah, fuck it. Just put the short film up on YouTube. Who gives a shit? And, yeah. 
And I've had more people go, oh my God, that thing's amazing. What is that? <laughs> and, you know, I started doing this variety show, this monthly variety show at the Improv in Los Angeles. And <clears throat> I've had some people ask me, like, hey, you going to bring Stryker out? Is he going to perform that thing? <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, why not? You know, people still dig it. I think there, there's just something really, um, I, I, I guess, just amazing about that type of character because. We, we've all gone through the, like, oh, Dirty Harry's really awesome, Dirty Harry's really awesome, and then you go through the phase of, Dirty Harry's a freaking fascist, man. Yeah, he's nuts. He's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> exactly. And then to have a character like that that just embodies that entire, like, 70s, yes. you know, aesthetic, and just, I mean, just even the way you moved in the videos was what, like, the pauses, like, that's what fascinates me sometimes is just silence, you know, and... <laughs> letting the the audience just kind of be like okay he's gonna do something eventually <laughs> like now what about now <laughs> well that's the thing that i because i grew up obviously watching all of those shows and there was a certain type of actor of leading man that played these guys like steve mcgarrett and manix <laughs> you know uh, even even like you know james garner you know he was a private eye but mm. they all had this there was a style of leading man yeah, you know, and the, like Lee Majors and even those type of actors all talked in that sort of uh, leading man kind of affected talk, <laughs> and everything is very deliberate and tough and guy and man and just sort like of they like, just finished smoking a cigarette. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, they have a flask on them. You know, like there's there is whiskey throughout the day. You know, and there's, there's, I miss those cop shows. Yeah, and there's you know everyone's got alimony and. Someone's crawling up their ass about this, that, and the chief's mad at them, and and everything's just a gritty, just beige fight. Blade, blatant sexism everywhere. Yeah, blatant sexism, of course. I was watching um, Kingdom of the Spiders the other day. Uh, which uh, is a Shatner movie where it's it's like a, a one of those generic like monster movies, but it's just about spiders. Um, and it's just so sexist, like, when he meets this uh, female uh, scientist, and he clearly doesn't respect her because she's a woman, and then he's hitting on her, like, shamelessly, right. until she just, like, oh, you, and then that's it. They're, it's, it's a relationship, apparently, now. <laughs> and it's just like, what the hell is this? Uh, well, women can be scientists, of course, but... Uh, we don't know anything. Our brains are smaller. <laughs> Soaked with perfume and Barbie dolls. <laughs> it's all pink up here. It's all it is. <laughs> it's all pink. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I watched, I mean, I watched all the Dirty Harry movies, and I watched Hawaii Five-O religiously. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing, too, is they were always these really angry men. Yeah, it's like, so true. Steve McGarrett is just furious that you would even think about committing a crime on his island like just how how did you even think of doing this how dare you come to the sacred state of hawaii (laughs) like and i am gonna i'm gonna make this right you know like it's (laughs) these guys had such a sense of of justice and it was just so well and i loved how you because you, you stress like that they're they're always against like the hippies yeah. um because it reminds me of a dragnet and like how joe webb <laughs> like how he dealt with hippies versus maybe like an aaron spelling show right. and how they would deal with hippies right. 
Well, it was so funny, like Dragnet. Like I try to bring little pieces of of all of that, and in the and in the film, that's why I have a hippie partner <laughs> because that was elements of the Mod Squad, which is a great show. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of hippies that don't carry guns. Seventies, like, <laughs> you guys are great. My my mom was just really big on introducing me to all of that stuff. Like I watched Mod Squad, Starsky and Hutch, oh. Emergency. Oh uh, God, yeah. Those shows were great. Oh my god, yeah, they were, I mean, like, I just got so into it, because Nick at Night was, like, my best friend when I was a kid. (laughs) All those shows, like, Starsky and Hutch, they were the kind of, they were the wise-ass, young, hipster coppers. Always a blonde and a brunette, so everyone's got what they need. (laughs) (laughs) All bases covered. If they had a ginger guy, you might scare them off, I don't know. Yeah, you can't do that. (laughs) They don't have a soul. Uh... (laughs) Well, I've known that for years. I know it's common knowledge, <laughs> but uh, but I just wanted I wanted to let you you know that, that I enjoyed the silliness of that kind of thing because you play it so straight, and in the videos that I saw, like you you I don't think you ever broke character really. <laughs> That's my favorite part of doing it, and doing it live um, is such a blast because people are laughing in the audience and then I, I get I let that get me mad in character which <laughs> makes people laugh even harder yeah. it's just like laugh it up yeah it's so it's such a fun character to do because like when I'm doing stand up I'm, I'm high energy I'm talking all the time but this I, I'll take these long uncomfortable pauses <laughs> I just love those I love taking those it's so good because like your, your your eyes just like how your eyes are like scanning the audience yes yeah. <laughs> just waiting for someone to like cough or you know stand up or something yeah i put my hand on my piece oh my could you even do that anymore like bring like a fake gun to a show i don't know that's it that's that was when when i watched that i was like oh my god i don't think he can do that anymore <laughs> you have to bring like a licorice gun or something probably <laughs> It's <laughs> like it's flavorful and it shoots commies. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we're we're getting. To, do you have to go like really soon, or do you have a couple more minutes? I got a couple more minutes, but I gotta go because we're actually gonna go see uh, um, Eye in the Sky. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay then. But before we go, first of all, Graham, thank you for coming on the show. I sure, really appreciate it. Uh, and where can people go to find you online should they want to speak at you? Um, you know, you can go to my website, GrahamElwood.com, and of course, I'm at Graham Elwood on Twitter, at Graham Elwood on Instagram, I've got a Facebook fan page, <clears throat> uh, it's Facebook.com slash Graham Elwood Comedy, YouTube.com slash Graham Elwood, so I'm out there, and then our podcast is Comedy Film Nerds, mm-hmm. which you can get on iTunes, uh, it's at ComedyFilmNerds.com, and all that business, so... Excellent. And uh, do you have uh, any movies other than Batman vs. Superman you would recommend people go see anytime soon? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we're, in a, we're, in a lean, we're in a tough part of the year. We need to... <laughs> we need to that's why I'm going to go see this Helen Mirren Eye in the Sky movie tonight. Um, <laughs> Sounds fancy. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, it's... You know, there's... Uh, if you didn't see some of the... The... You know, some of the Oscar films like Spotlight or The Big Short or, mm-hmm. or Revenant, you know, I, I would go see those. Okay. 
those are good films. And also, if you never got to see Beasts of No Nation, that, that's on Netflix. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also go see Kingdom of the Spiders. You will not... <laughs> Exactly. It's it's the seventies in a nutshell. <laughs> and his first name is Rack. Of course, it's Rack. Rack. Rack That's, Hansen. Rack Hansen is his name. Yep. Oh. So good. She just falls for him. Oh, Rack. Exactly. It's like, no, you brute, you brute, you brute, and oh I guess so. Why not? You seem to be available. So no, it's like Max Powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, once again, Graham, thank you so much. And uh, for anyone out there uh, who needs to get my deets, it's at darling underscore Sammy, S-A-M-M-Y, maniacalgeek.com, that girl with the curls, and Maniacal Geek Facebook page, and maniacalgeek.com. I can't even say my own things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, on behalf of that girl with the curls, thank you, Graham, and good night, everybody.